0: Hey everybody, it's Ryan here. I just wanted to jump in before the podcast started and uh, apologize. We had some uh, issues in this uh, episode. You'll notice it might be a bit shorter. Um, We had uh, what they call in the business a fuck up and lost half of our podcast. Um, Apologize for that. Uh, We were supposed to do Halton Catch Fire and Sleepy Hollow in this episode. Unfortunately, um, We lost uh, the separate streams and had to go to the Skype recording and you'll notice that there's some serious delays in our conversation and for some reason the recording just cut off uh, Jules' side of the conversation halfway through. So it's essentially what they call FUBAR and I apologize. We owe you one. Uh, But I figured, you know what, the show must go on. So we're going to post this. Uh, You're going to hear us talk about most of Halt and Catch Fire. And um, we will owe you Sleepy Hollow in the future. So I apologize, but uh, the show must go on. So hopefully you can still enjoy it. Thanks, everybody.
1: Welcome to TV Chinwag, where we take one part cheeky talk, two parts witty banter, and dump in a whole heaping spoonful of snark. It's TV Chinwag. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Jules.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of tele- TV chin- Television Chinwag. This is us now. We've changed it. It's <laughs> okay, now Television we're being, we're Chinwag. Being formal. <laughs> we're, being,
1: we're being very formal now. This is the Downton Abbey version.
0: Right. Welcome. Good
1: evening, and welcome to tele- Television Chinwag. Chin
0: wag, wag sounds very English, doesn't it? Well, chin wag's a very English, English <laughs> term. We'll yes. be really with some chins wagging. <laughs> yes.
1: It's, what are we, what are we wagging our chins about we this week?
0: We will be wagging about. This is episode thirteen, by the way, lucky number thirteen. We will be drawing about two television programs. One based on an English character called Sleepy Hollow, and the other based on a computer project called Halt and Catch Fire, which is a new series. Um, Actually, these were both new last year. They are both uh, season one television shows, so um, there could be a good possibility that we'll have some converts for this episode.
1: We will hope, and hopefully, you've all uh, done your homework from our last episode and been catching up with House of Lies and episodes. There will be a pop quiz at the end of this to make sure you have been following our instructions on what to watch.
0: Now, I do have an iTunes You're review to section. read out here, Jules. I hope that's all right.
1: <gasps> Someone's been listening to us. Yeah,
0: this is from uh, in Listener land. Yeah, I'm absolutely. S- this is from a Dirty Aussie.
1: Oh, well is there any other source
0: <laughs> You tell me. I hope not. This is a What does the review say review Ryan? by Kaiser Durden and it says a really great listen, a very fun and informative opinions from two great hosts. Especially interesting to hear people with production experience talk about a show like Or From Black is made. I still like listening to the show even though one of the hosts has a ridiculously wrong opinion about a show I love. Case in point, the Hannibal episode where Ryan is 100% wrong about everything and I didn't even throw my phone out the window. I listened all the way through and I came back the next week anyways. Goddamn hero is what I have to say. Yeah, I was, I was particularly hard on that show. I know. I was particularly hard on Hannibal and... uh I, uh, I guess I would like you to, it on
1: Hannibal. you
0: know, I, I want to be, I want to be the, the bigger man. Oh my God. I want to be the bigger man and, uh, come clean here today and, you know, just formally, you know, in, in a formal setting, just take the time to, to all the people that I offend with Hannibal with my review, uh, my harsh criticism and just say, uh, go fuck yourselves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and now they will all come and murder you and make an horrific tableau out of your corpse
0: I'm sure, no, I, I know I know people were mad about Hannibal, but you know what it's uh, just not for me, and you know what, lots of people like it, so it can't be all that bad um, just one man's opinion
1: and um, one man's wrong opinion, uh, but it's good for us to have a differing opinion on shows, I like Hannibal and I'm very much looking forward to uh, seeing where season three goes because it left season, season two left us in um, well with everyone just about dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> rocks fell and everyone died. Or in this case, a uh, culinary cannibal went crazy. Spoiler well, if you I was haven't seen say, the finale. You, but hey, you've kind of ruined it now. You cannibal, cat- everyone <laughs> dies. <laughs>
0: Um, I have some interesting uh, any news. TV news? I do, okay. yeah. There's Now, ABC oh, is putting oh, out a done. new show called The Quest. Have you heard of this?
1: I haven't heard of it this. It is right.
0: a reality show. What
1: do such a, why don't you tell me? If...
0: I, well, it's a reality show that is, uh, takes contestants and it puts them into a castle in Vienna, and they essentially reenact an olden days-style experience for these people all of the people are actors uh sorry there's real people but everyone surrounding them are actors in period costume in period characters um the people who are participating don't see any cameras Uh, producers are hidden and uh, act as peasants of the time uh, or kings or queens or whatnot and they put them through different I think Trials or sort of like Living the Life. I don't really know. I haven't gone through and watched it. But it just came out um, July 31st on ABC. So it sounds like it could be really interesting. It's from the guys that did uh, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, uh, The Amazing Race. Uh, So definitely some people that know how to make some good, interesting uh, reality, semi-scripted reality shows um, in a a fantasy world. And they start talking about different things like... um, Creature animations and uh, uh, puppetry and things like that. So there could be some really cool, uh, yeah, some Ooh. cool dragons or something, 3D projections and stuff. So I, I think it could be kind of an interesting reality show. I'm, I'm looking forward to taking a look at ABC's The Quest.
1: Ooh, I must check that out. That sounds right up my alley. Um, in other TV news, funny you just mentioned uh, sort of creature makeup and stuff um we did talk a few weeks ago about reality shows and i just wanted to mention a couple that are back on that i didn't mention in my review because my list is so long one is uh, a show that i know a few few people i know finally discovered last season although it's been around for a few seasons now um and they were like why didn't anyone tell me about this and that's called face off uh and it's one of those you have to make things reality shows um a bit like the various tattoo competitions and things like that or the cooking shows. And in this case, though, what they have to make is um, sci-fi style uh, creature or character makeup. And so each week there's a challenge to make. It might be a creature from a fairy tale or something like that. And you get to see the whole process of them making the, the Aesthetics and and doing all that, putting it together. It's um, and it's got some great industry people involved with it as judges. It's one of those reality shows that's a lot less focused on the drama. Um, you know, you don't get to see. You basically are just following these people making mm-hmm. things rather than back mm-hmm. at the house. You know, Kathy and Paul had an argument about uh, the spa. Yeah. So it's it, it's fascinating uh, from the technical point of view and I, I went to see guardians of the galaxy last night and i was just sitting there watching it going oh i th- i think that's a, a a latex no that's a silicon <laughs> prosthetic there <laughs> because of course you watch a show for five minutes and i know all yes. about the industry but face off give it a watch really worth watching the other show that's back on that's not worth watching but i keep watching it is project ah, runway. let's um, not talk about that the I only don't reason i would say that project
0: you should... runway who cares
1: i tell you two reasons why you <laughs> should care, Ryan. I will convince you to watch Project Runway. Here we go. Cracks knuckles. Number one, Heidi Klum every week in something hot Blair. and clinging. I could rest my case there. there. But there is something else. If you do watch Project Runway, and you can fast forward through all the, you know, sob stories about how they grew up and had to sell their kidney and to go to fashion school or whatever. Um if you watch it you learn stuff about fashion and if it's one thing the ladies like is someone who knows a bit about fashion and you can make informed comments about silhouettes and color blocking and you will know your you know manolo blanex from your jimmy choos so it helps you with the oh ladies. my god that
0: sounds so that sounds so interesting now runway. <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm.
1: it is i have learned so much about fashion and from someone who dresses has dressed the same way for 30 years it's the only way i was going to learn anything about Um, fashion before you Um, go on i wanted to talk uh, there's a show uh,
0: similar to your makeup effects show that you're talking about um there was one last year and it was for art directors that did a similar thing uh where they would have to design a room a room type thing um but there was a great show that my wife and I watched this season and it was Jim Hun- Jim Henson's Creatures Workshop Challenge I think it was called and it was uh, exactly the yes, same thing ex- watched, oh it's such a great show I really like it a lot and every week they have to build new new puppets and in three days, and the stuff that they're doing are just yeah. incredible, incredible builds. Uh, really talented people. Um, hosted by Brian Henson, Jim's son.
1: It's, it's a and they have different people from Jim Henson's workshop come in and sort of mentor or or work with them each week. And, again, just fascinating that the combination of skills. They need everything from, you know, electronics knowledge to make the animatronics and then their moulding and sculpting stuff. And, um, yeah, really both fascinating and and, and fun uh, to watch. And, again, minimalist on the – I mean, there's – Often they have team challenges and there'll be a bit of tension there and that, but really the, the focus mm-hmm. is on the skill involved in, um, in making, making these amazing creatures. Yeah, not creatures. the manipulated drama really well that you get on some other one. shows. Yeah. No. Um, the other bit of news I had is uh, of huge interest around the world to many, many millions of people is that Doctor Who Ooh. is back in August, on August the twenty. 20- oh that never gets old um back on august the 23rd and bbc had huge success last year when they screened the 50th anniversary episode in cinemas it like went through the roof. I'm not sure how much, like, but it made many millions of dollars around the world. Um, and they're doing the same with the premiere episode of uh, the new, I think it's season eight, with the new Doctor Peter Capaldi. Um, and th- so that's pretty amazing that you have a TV show premiering on television. It'll be played almost the same time around the world on TV and that day or in the couple of days afterwards at cinemas around the world. Um, that's crazy. Uh, I had a great time going to see the 50th anniversary episode in the cinema. There's extra things that they'll show at the cinemas behind the scenes and, and interviews and um, other fun stuff. And uh, I'm sure they'll be sold out. They only do, you know, a limited sessions for a cu- over a, cu- a day or two. So watch out in a city near you. And there's also actually a worldwide Doctor Who tour on at the moment with um, current showrunner Stephen Moffat and some of the stars visiting, I think, London, Sydney, New York, Barcelona, maybe Rio or somewhere. So they're, they're doing a, a whistle-stop tour around the world um, to promote the new season. Uh, I, as someone who is the same age as Doctor Who, I've spent all my life watching Doctor Who. I can't quite grasp Global phenomenon it
0: mm-hmm. has now become. Um, now are you, and, you yeah, yeah, and
1: Ryan Ryan's holding yeah, back his excitement. Um,
0: now are we going to be reviewing Doctor Who anytime soon, Jules?
1: I think we may review it when I'm in a country that we oh, live god, in. Oh my god, that's so
0: exciting! Are we going to watch it? Watch the new episode. I mean,
1: we. May very well be. I think we may watch the new episode. So that's something to, if you happen to be in Vancouver in a three weeks' time, you should follow us, TV Chinwag, on Twitter for news of a screening of uh, Doctor Who, followed by our podcast yeah. on it, in which Ryan will become a sudden enthusiast
0: uh-huh. to the show. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Or he will be beaten to death by a room full of Hoovians, and I will just take over the show, which is possibly more likely.
0: All right. Thanks, Jules.
1: So stay tuned for that in late late August
0: In Vancouver. But then broadcast worldwide to the entire world on the internet.
1: We we will be broadcast worldwide. And you'll be able to listen to us anywhere in the world, which is magic. We are a global We we'll Why be more
0: narrowcasting than broadcasting? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> narrow as a piece of uh, dental floss. Anyway, what show would you like to start with talking about on our roster? Why
0: don't week? we start with the AMC show, Halt and Catch Fire? First engineer an IBM PC with me. Are you out of You're your mind?
1: mind? If it goes, I'm a college dropout repairing VCRs for 325
0: an hour. We do our own chip. Uh-oh. Let's turn this thing inside out. You idiots decided to rip off their flagship product? This the only way we get what we want. There is no we There is now. Halt and catch fire. Series premiere Sunday, June 1st, only on EMC. Now, Halting Catch Fire is brand new. It just just started uh, in June, so it's only a couple months old. Um, nine episodes. It may have just finished its run of nine episodes. Um, it's an American, I guess it's a period piece because it takes place in the 1980s um, in what they call the Silicon Prairie of Texas. So it's uh, right at the sort of start of the personal computer revolution. Uh, the show revolves around Joe McMillan as a... Um, young, up-and-coming up um, businessman, uh, consultant, um, tech person who comes and uh, sort of butt, butts into uh, a small, well, I guess a, a medium to large-sized uh, uh, electronics company uh, in Texas who's not really interested in looking at the personal computer. This is the early 1980s, and IBM dominates the PC market. There's, there's no room for anyone else. This guy comes in, Joe McMillan, and says, hey, what we're going to do is we're going to make a clone PC, an IBM clone, and we're going to sell it and we're going to make millions. So he goes and he follows um, this really smart programmer, joins his company, and they start uh, building this computer. Um, They introduce a character called uh, Cameron Howe, who is a young college student, badass punk girl who uh, is a, a really incredible savant when it comes to programming. So they hire her to sort of write the code, and this is sort of their story about how they developed this IBM PC. Now, it's a fictionalized story. I don't think any of this is true. Is that how you understand it, Jules? No,
1: but it's... Yeah, it's... it's, uh, And look, there are quite a few, I suppose, uh, parallels to Mad Men here. So it is a fictionalized version of... Um, what was going on in the computing world at that time? Um, you know, Gordon and uh, and Joe are sort of the the Wozniak and Jobs of this uh, partnership, um, but they're not being them. They actually refer to Apple, which is you know just uh, just starting at that time as as well. Um, so yes, it's, it's fictionalised, but it's very real in terms of what was going on in the in the computer world at that time. And remember, we're nineteen eighty three. We're just on the cusp of things. Um, Apple hasn't bought out its its first PC yet. Mm. Remember, Apple II was out. Uh, IBM, really. I'm pretty sure. No. Nineteen eighty three. I'm pretty sure, Jules. Yeah. Wasn't it? No we we'll look that up while we're talking and argue over timelines no later. let's argue anyway, about it now. It's at the very beginning where these things people still <laughs> let's <laughs> I will as soon as i get the the wikipedia page up um, it's it's at the, the time when really computers and and if you too young to remember, you know. Computers weren't part of life. They weren't part of the popular of popular culture. Around this time, we've got some, you know, a few. We've got some home gaming consoles. I think around this time, um, you know, PCs were black screens with, you know green pixelated writing on them. They weren't in businesses generally. You know, people were still using typewriters uh, in 1983. Um, the, the few computers that were around tended to be in very large businesses or uh, universities and things like that. I mean, we're talking at a time there was some international networking, but we're pre-worldwide web. Oh, way
0: before we were before dial-up modem something. technology, fax machines, to, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow, well, r- yeah. rough. Yeah. So it's 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 very fax machines are around, but yeah, it's very early time. So the point is that a lot of the things hadn't just hadn't been conceived of, and and again, here's the parallel with Mad Men. It's about looking at life and, and products and thinking about how people relate to them and what they could do and, and part of the, uh, you know, in this group of people, they're trying to get out of the current way of thinking about what computers are and what they do into a new way of, of thinking and, and, you know, obviously with the aim of finding, a, you know, a market and, and a part of the market that no one else has got. Um, what, else, what would you like? To, and, and I suppose the lead character, Joe McMillan, he is a bit of a Don Draper character in a way, isn't he? He is a bit of a man of mystery.
0: He is, yeah. Um, they really kind of play that up uh, to make him this really bizarre um, individual. And, and it's fine. He's played by Lee Pace, who you might remember from Pushing Daisies. Did you ever watch Pushing Daisies?
1: Yes, Lee, Lee Pace is... Uh, oh, I loved yeah. Pushing Daisies. Pushing Daisies... By of course Brian Fuller went on to make Hannibal. (laughs) You can Um, see the similarities. And also you can see Lee Pace. You can see the similarities, not well they're both about death. Um and Lee Pace currently can be seen as the main villain Ronan in Guardians of the World. That's very interesting. So good
0: for him. He's doing well.
1: Um he is, and he's um as I said, he plays a sort of a Don Draper esque character, very driven um a man with mystery in his past he turns up at this company having gone AWOL from IBM 12 months previously um at I, I have to say I've only watched the first 3 episodes so a lot of the mystery is still a mystery mm-hmm. to me um I ha, how quickly do things unfold or are there ongoing
0: uh mysteries Um there's ongoing mysteries uh we introduce they introduce his father and um yeah, there's there's a few ongoing mysteries with him. I I haven't finished the series yet. I'm only up to episode six, I think. Um, but but interesting, okay. interesting nonetheless. Um, it, I I really like computer shows like um, Pirates of Silicon Valley. If you ever watched that show, I really liked that. I I like um well, Hackers yep. is uh, I like the first half of Hackers. Um or. Mm, you know, there's a whole bunch of different kind of shows um, that are based on this early time period, and I really, they really speak to me. I, I mean, I was a computer guy. I still am a computer guy, you know, almost my whole life. So uh, seeing where these come from and, and how they're, they're developed and stuff, I think, is, is really interesting and fun to watch. And that's probably why the reason why I like this show quite a bit, is, you know, it brings back the real, you know, nicotine and caffeine-fueled, push that that coders were at the time you know <laughs> and um, you hear stories about you know them yeah. spending you know 40 hours or 60 hours in at a seat at a sit uh, programming and doing that kind of stuff and i i think it's i think it's neat and, and interesting um and the the ever-evolving like you said where they're uh you know essentially he's pushing them now to take a full-sized pc and put it into a briefcase so they're sort of developing the first laptop is essentially what they're pushing yep. towards um, and challenging all these engineers to do something that's impossible at the time uh, I, I think it's fascinating so uh, that's one of the reasons I, I really like it uh, this this the other the other cast I think is, is great too yep. um, you know it's Lee Pace's is, is great um, but his counterpart who is the main Gordon the main uh, uh, programmer played by Scoot McNary, uh, does a great job, too, and he's very nebbishy and um, once bitten twice shy. He's tried to start his own computer company previously and it failed, so he really wants to just sit at his cubicle and work for somebody else and pay the bills. He doesn't want to take these chances that um, Joe McNally's coming in and getting him to do, so that's a whole extra thing that goes on there. His wife works for Texas Instruments um, as one of their developers, so... Um, that creates a little bit of tension between the two of them as to, sorry, who's the better engineer or who's the, the better architect? Uh, um, is she supporting him and floating him? Or, you know, it's um, it's an interesting sort of way of looking at it. Um,
1: and again, we you know, we were just talking about uh, last week about creative couples uh, with the, the pair of writers in mm-hmm. episodes. And again, we've got this, this couple here who are both, you know, creative uh, and... and passionate about what they do, and there's this tension here between, uh, you know, Gordon's like, does he, as you say, he's, he's tried and failed in this area before, you know, should he sort of Push down his passion which is to create something new and support the family and then you've got his wife Donna who's obviously you know is hugely talented in this area but also trying to be a wife and mother um, and, and, and in some ways restricted by expectations of those roles uh, and then how that comes you know together for both of them um, He's that's that's really fascinating. I love watching that. Yeah, just in the first three episodes watching that dynamic Yeah, it's
0: actually in one of the later episodes It's the craze of cabbage patch dolls if you remember then and uh, he promises his wife he's gonna pick up a cabbage patch thing whatever cabbage thing and uh, And that's kind of a it plays out kind of funnily through the episode. It's funny actually that you mentioned um, Joe McMillan was a bit like Don Draper ask because he's also a Marty Khan esque from the show that we reviewed last week. Yes. Um, where he can really turn on the charm and, and talk his way out of anything. Um, it's an interesting... Uh, and he plays a... I guess, I don't know if his character is bi or pan or or just puts himself into positions that are going to get him somewhere.
1: It's interesting. Yeah, His sexuality is sort of... Revealed as as the episodes go on, what what it, what struck me is more so than what you know. And we don't have any idea how he identifies, and I think that's sort of irrelevant in that he is again someone right. who uses sex. It, it's nope. it's not happy sex, <laughs> although it was quite hot in episode three, the little snippet we got. But he's he's someone who communicates in a way through sex. Or, do, or gets what he wants yeah. sex and the, manipulates. And so it's unclear whether, you know, the gender of the person is at all relevant uh, in that scenario and whether, you know, what his own desires are. Again, he comes across as probably a man like these other men we're talking about with John Draper and um, and Marty Khan who is so disconnected from himself. It's hard to know how relevant that would be, and that's certainly been a big theme with with Don Draper about his his sort of own in some ways, sex is some is one thing where they can connect with people in an intimate way, except the way they have sex is in a way in some ways right, very not intimate. Right. <laughs> that yeah. makes any sense at all. Uh, it's about getting something and about. Uh, reinforcing your own position of power or manipulating people. That's starting to sound like um, the, the and, first few episodes of Ray your...
0: Donovan season two. They're dealing with oh, that well, exact yes, same thing. So... Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the same time, it's been quite obvious that these things are, are actually counterproductive to these people's sense of self and relationships and that they realize that. And I think that's an interesting you know, perhaps shift in that previously we've we've often seen these characters but that's something that's celebrated whereas now we're seeing the the downside, the dark side um, of the fact that, um, and and I'd also hark to the characters in True Detective, there's something joyless about it and that on some level, on different levels for each of these characters, they recognise that they're broken and but. The thing that drives them is most is not relationships with other people. There's a passion central to their life that um, you know something they're passionate about and, and want to pursue. That that sort of wipes out their other concerns so they're not about to go oh i think i should sit down and have a good long hard look at myself and a bit of therapy and some counseling yeah. um, because they're so driven to make the new computer or be the top of the ad company or or whatever it is so or just be in control or just have power so i think they're really uh, it's a little bit of a shift in how we've often seen these sort of men portrayed on 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 tv and i think we're Certainly with the few episodes I've seen so far, I'm fascinated to where we're going to see unfold for, for mm-hmm. Lee Pace. Um, the other character he has interacting with in the team, of mm-hmm. course you mentioned, is Cameron, who's played by Mackenzie Davies, who's a Davison Canadian. No uh, a Vancouverite, no less. A Vancouverite, no less, an extremely, yeah. <laughs> extremely attractive woman uh, who does plays this punkish... Uh, You know, wants to be the sort of counterculture, you know, not part of the big machine type person, again, who though, who is driven by this passion for what she does. And um, is a fascinating character. Again, someone who's a bit lost, well, quite lost, I think. Um, Someone with a bit of a a mystery about why they are where they are. You know, she's got no money. She's, you know, sleeping in the office. and she's passionate about what she does, but what does she want and who is she is is also part of the mystery and what her interactions are with the other characters, which as I said at the stage I'm at is are just developing is um is really I thought interesting. you would like
0: her actually. She's she's a very cool uh she's a very cool <laughs> character, actually. Um she kinda reminds me a little bit of um um in Hackers, do you remember Angelina Jolie's character? It kinda reminds me of that a little yes. bit, yeah. Yeah,
1: um. yeah: Yeah and, and again, the, the part of the times that it's looking at is this shift from, you know in a way these computer companies have off, uh, have become stayed in a way, and there's this, you know excitement around the new things that are happening and this new generation, mm-hmm. a new way of working and a new way of doing. Things that's butting heads with a corporate model that doesn't know how to make space for these these people who want to work in 48-hour shifts and, and, and play loud music and, um, you know, who are creative types. Like, they're artists in a way and the corporate model doesn't know right. how to work with them. And then in the middle of this you've got Joe McMillan who's sort of a bit of both. Um, and so bridges, or, or sometimes, is the tension yeah. between both well, sides.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, McMillan's a bit of a psycho, essentially. I mean, he's a, he could be whatever you want, or whatever he wants to be. He could be the salesman, or the nerd, or the punk, or any of those things. He's a chameleon, as far yes. as that's concerned. Um, her character, I think, is, is very interesting. And I, to be honest with you, I was disappointed that they didn't make her gay, for one. Because it seems like on the outset her character should be. And two, I was kind of upset that they had her hooking up with, with him. And that happens in the first episode. It's, it's when they first meet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that. Yeah. Especially knowing the characters yeah, now, that to me doesn't fit their, their characters, I think. Like, I can't imagine Cameron Howe being at all attracted to Joe McMillan.
1: Well, again, I don't think it was – I don't know. I mean, I think – and look, it's it's early days to see how that plays out. I I can see – it's a bit the way Gordon is attracted to Joe in a professional sense. I mean, there's that passion in common that I think links them together. Um, And the fact that Cameron and Joe fuck in the first episode was sort of – whether you term that attraction is not it was sort of a it happened, but as time goes on, you can see her almost like Peggy and Don. She's drawn to Joe in a way. There's something there's, there's a creativeness, creative energy they share in common, And she, they're both so isolated mm-hmm. in their worlds. It's sort of like, you know they're on the desert island, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's only one mm-hmm. other person on the desert island, and they mm-hmm. also like thing you like. Um, so yeah, look, I would have to be gay too. I would like her to be my girlfriend. Um, um, <laughs> actually, I probably would. She's, she's far too fucked up. But um, she's hot and she's passionate, and I will, I will be interested to see how they play out that relationship. Um, you know, as I said, I'm only at episode three, so um, it, it's early days yet. But she's already showing that sort of, you know, she's turning to.
0: And, Jules, what? And what? That just ended. That's where the conversation ended. I'm sorry, everyone, again, that we screwed up so huge that we could only get a half a podcast out this week, but it is coming out at you, and I hope that it was okay. You'll notice at the beginning I said lucky number 13. So naive I was. So naive to think that it could be lucky number 13. It's unlucky. I'm going to go on a limb here and say unlucky 13, everybody. So we will be back next week. Um, Jules and I will actually be in the same room recording a podcast, um, which is going to be so exciting. Um, I kind of think there's going to be a lot of uh, you know sexual tension in the air when we record, so hopefully that doesn't come through the microphone. Um, that's awkward, you know. Uh, but we will be together regardless, and uh, we will strive to give you the best show that we can. And I'm stalling right now because I'm pulling up the calendar to see what we're reviewing next week. Normally Jules will fill this time with her talking. But I'm just going to keep looking it up here. See what we can come up with. Oh, um, we were going to talk about Ripper Street and Sherlock. That may change. We may do Sleepy Hollow instead, but we'll see. We'll make that decision when we come to it. So, for now, my name is Ryan, and I will be thanking you from my partner, Jules, and say, please tune in next week, guys. We will do a better job, and uh, thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. Send mail to fans at tvchinwag.com, or follow on Twitter at tvchinwag. Music for this podcast, provided by YouTube Music. For Ryan, Jules, and myself, thanks for listening to TV Chinwag.